0: What's up you guys welcome to the ghoul gang i'm grace and i'm caroline and we are here to talk about some spooky shit indeed indeed we are um is this six six weeks i think it is we're doing pretty well i, I would say so
1: we start out every episode like really congratulating ourselves just proud
0: for it. <laughs> just proud that we got to this moment
1: this is the most you consistent know, i think i've ever been on anything in my entire about life about so. anything yeah <laughs> Like, I think it's okay for us to be proud.
0: We have to celebrate the small
1: milestones after the last two years we've had.
0: (laughs) Seriously. And my Halloween decor. It's so great. I still think that we
1: should do a photo shoot in front of it on Saturday. (laughs) Right? After. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to mm -hmm. our first
0: haunt Mm -hmm. of the season. Yep. Yeah. Is this your first proper haunted house?
1: Not, like, ever. But, I mean, it's. It's the first in a couple years, because like I told you, I used to go to Anoka in Minnesota. They have like, it's like the Halloween capital of the world. And they have like this basically a theme park for uh, haunted houses. It's all different types. The last time I went, there was a corn maze. There was a Christmas themed haunted house. It was honestly like a little rapey theme. Like I was I was off put by that. Santa was like a sexual abuser. And I was like, I'm not. I don't know. But oh. you know, it, it's for adults, so I guess trigger well, warning good. is implied. But it was not; it was not implied, and I was uncomfortable. But <laughs> <laughs> that said, it was a really fun time, um, and the corn maze was great, and because it was like alien themed. Um, Ooh, but, love that! Like some crop circle situations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like just creepy, like very, very good costume. I don't know, just. Very good. I was I was very scared, but I pretended not to be, and I was the least scared of all my friends. So they put me in front. So of course, that was fun. That was great.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm kind of in the front because I I tend to like run. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of like speed up more and more. As we'll I go. see who
1: gets pushed to the front uh, on Saturday. We'll see which of us is gonna well, betray it's just gonna the be other. The two of us.
0: <laughs> I know. They love it when it's just like a small group, like, yeah, because they'll they're gonna mess with us big time. But I'm ready, baby. Oh, I'm ready. It's been I'm ready. it's been a while. I need some adrenaline. Yeah, I really you know. would like
1: to, like, maybe pee my pants just a little bit, just a just oh, a
0: tad, a little, <laughs> just like a little chainsaw. Yeah, pee pants. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's our first one. We've got a few more on on deck, and hopefully we're going to do an episode about some haunted attractions and what we think about them. Yeah, I'm excited.
1: Which which we were going to
0: do before, but... We were, but I was in Europe for a month, so... Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. And then, Ellie, I think the teacher strike was happening
1: oh that's right yeah no yeah. it was it hasn't been and also then la- yeah and then last year and, the and year then before, covid and yeah it's not yeah. like it's really been a very uh, opportune time
0: too yeah you know when there's a pandemic you don't really want people screaming in small spaces No, it's funny how that works. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) And there's still a pandemic, but I guess we're just, that's another way that we can just raise our fear level. It's like, it like really gets real. (laughs) Oh, I've
0: got, I've got a hundred pack of KN95s and (laughs) I think, you know, being vaccinated, all that, we're, hopefully they're doing some precautions. They try not to pack you in. So you're not like, they want to separate you from everyone. Yeah that got weird weird tangent leading question for Mm -hmm. this week Mm -hmm. what is your favorite celebrity who has passed dead celebrity
1: my favorite dead celebrity i mean there's a lot to choose from um but i think i would go with anna nicole i just i love i love anna nicole i love i loved her reality show i was like a religious watcher I just loved her whole vibe and style. She's like so gorgeous, so funny, and like she really like Justice for Anna Nicole. Like I, ugh. so you
0: stole mine, really? Yes. We were we both? <laughs> yes, we were both thinking of Anna Nicole's. Out of all the dead Hollywood celebrities, <laughs> what are they? I mean, actually, the odds are pretty high we that we was would fairly both... similar. She was Anna Nicole
1: <laughs> brains.
0: Yeah, why? Um, why for you? Well, I'm gonna pick a different one. <laughs> are we just doing movie stars? Or are we doing
1: like? I wouldn't even think. I don't think Anna Nicole is a movie star, so I don't. I don't think we're doing just movie no. stars. No, she was just a star. Just dead celebrities, you know. Just dead celeb. Yeah. Um. Me and Brittany threw a dead celebrities costume party in like the middle of February in like 2014. And love that, which was great because so we basically just wanted to throw a Halloween party, but we were like, we can't throw a Halloween party. So it has to be a theme costume party. And that was a great, a great theme for a costume party. That and is I kind of want to do it perfectly again.
0: theme. Par- Are you having a party for your birthday this year? Maybe I should do a dead celebrities party. Yes. <laughs> now that I'm getting back to blonde, I could be Anna Nicole.
1: You could. You could be. I was Anna Nicole. Uh, I went to the Soho House New Year's Eve party and for some reason it was 90s themed and I don't I don't know why, but I everyone kind of came as like a 90s celebrity and I was Anna Nicole, although nice. very loosely Anna Nicole. I mean, it was just kind of like I did the hair and I don't know. I have a big ass. So like <laughs>
0: I've got huge boobs. Yeah. So I going to do someone that we covered. Oh, Miss Brittany. Murphy. I knew it. I knew
1: it. He took the words because right out
0: of my mouth. I feel like, had I gotten to spend time with her when she was alive, we would be like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Not literally. No. Simon no, Monte. Certainly not. Get literally. him out of your house. Out. Kick let's, him out. Let's go for a walk. Get some sun. Mm-hmm. Maybe get you to the doctor. Yep. Yep. And maybe could have prevented such a sad death. I feel similarly with Anna Nicole. Like, I feel like she just needed, like, some support she
1: needed real friendship with people that she wasn't paying she needed right not employees she, she needed validation on things that weren't the way that she looked and you know she she needed i uh, just she needed to know that she was like a really funny smart bright ray of sunshine that made me really happy i sincerely was like so so upset when she died oh and with her son oh, Devastated.
0: oh my god i oh
1: and, like, her baby daughter, her daughter know, her born, baby. just, like, and then there was that custody battle
0: that was wild. It was a whole thing. It I was actually a whole
1: big thing. I actually have been following Larry Burkhart, who is her baby daddy, slash, like, yeah. what was he, her doctor or her lawyer? I don't remember. He no. Was, or that he was a photographer.
0: Th- Howard K. Stern was the lawyer. That's right. That's right. The f- He was, like, a photographer, right? Or, like, a reporter? Something like that. And I don't
1: know. Yeah. He he has, like, a joint account with Danny Lynn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Her daughter, who's now yeah. like 16. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember they did like a special on mm-hmm. her a couple years back. Yeah. And I was like, whoa,
1: I feel I know. old. I can't believe Daniela is 16. And I just, I just, my heart goes out to. I hope, I hope she can watch those. I mean, I feel like it would be really hard as her child, like her surviving child, to watch all those seasons and see like. Just I mean, she was on so many drugs and like She's she was just a being abused like that. Who, yeah. Who, was it Howard K. Stern? Like who was like the creepy guy that she had around her all the time? Who was just like such a fucking asshole? I think it was her lawyer. I think it was Howard, <laughs> K. Yeah, Stern. Howard K. Stern. And like he was just such a dickhead. And like her poor si- I mean, it was just everybody in that show like is either dead or like in jail now. And it's just a very
0: I mean, I don't actually know if Howard K. Stern is in jail, but I think he should be. <laughs> So, this week we are talking all things haunted Hollywood. So, haunted places, people who have passed, people who have passed and maybe haven't quite moved on, aka celeb ghosts. All of the above. Uh, And we're not going to do,
1: like, most Haunted Hollywood, you know, most podcasts when they do a Haunted Hollywood episode, they hit the same notes, you know? It's like... We're not doing the Black Dahlia. We're not doing the Black Dahlia, because there is an incredible podcast that literally solves the Black Dahlia murders, and it's called Root of Evil, and you should just listen to that, because... And,
0: like... I don't know how that wasn't more publicized.
1: I think I feel like it wasn't more publicized because it was a companion show to that weird ass Chris Pine show. And it oh, just, I watched that, too. It was bad. I didn't watch it, but I did. Wa- I mean, I did listen to the podcast, which was probably the best true crime protest I have ever listened to. It is top, top, top tier. It is the wildest story you have ever heard, even without the black, like you could take the Black Dahlia murder out of it, and it would still be the craziest true crime story
0: I've ever ever heard. And that is it saying is something. Up. So and yeah, we're not going we to say about what that. it's called. It's the root, root of, of evil. evil. Yeah, root of yeah. evil. Yeah. That would. What if we just talked all about it and didn't say what it was? They're like, "Fuck you." I want to. You have to figure. To it.
1: It. Google's free, bitches. <laughs> figure it out. Use what
0: your SEO skills. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Why don't you go first? So I am first covering a haunted place in Los Angeles that many may know, many may have visited, the Viper Room owned by Mr. Johnny Depp. Ooh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's his like scummy rock club. Hmm.
1: Okay. That makes sense as to why he was like always hanging out with old rock stars and stuff. I know what
0: oh, I understand. Yeah. 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 Um, so th- my source is usghostadventures.com. Not related. A hey. Not related.
1: Well, Mr. There's Zach Baggins no... is going to have a copyright claim uh, suit on his hand. No, hands, they're U.S.
0: Ghost Adventures. <laughs> Not and international. Like, <laughs> they do tours. But uh, Ghost Adventures did do a spot on the viper room and i refuse to use it as a source (laughs) (laughs) all right so anyone who's anyone in la has heard of the viper room it's on the sunset strip in west hollywood and like all of the punk bands Up and coming rock bands They all played the Viper Room At some point in time It's Mm -hmm. like Reggie's
1: How long has Johnny Depp owned it? Um Let me see Like cause he can't If it's like an original He can't have been like the OG owner Also if it's really haunted
0: Well no see this is I'm talking about some 90's ghosts today Oh fuck yeah
1: Oh, my yeah, God. Did. A 90s ghost. Not an 1890s ghost. We have a real Ninth- live flannel 90s ghost. Flannel clad, yes. black eyeliner,
0: rail thin. Very sad. Also, neither of those things before. <laughs> um, well, the first incident they talk about is 1993. So he's owned it since then. Okay. 1993 at least. But I want to say he might have been one of the founding buyers of the club well it used to be something else Mm -hmm. but they bought it and turned it into a scummy rock club got it the viper room has also been the site of some rather unsavory activity it was a place that put sex drugs rock and roll on a pedestal for all to see and like it was like studio 54 but for the grunge scene. Mm -hmm. So people were just like shooting heroin at their table. Casual. You know, it was like just like a little seedy. (laughs) Yeah. Just like order some
1: fries and like a side of black tar heroin.
0: Yes. Right. And yeah, people were ODing all over the place. One of them being 23 year old. River Phoenix. Oh,
1: oh, duh. I, I, mm-hmm. I forgot that's where he died. That is so sad. Yeah. That, so that's why Johnny Depp was there. OK, this is all making yeah. sense. These are things well, I it- haven't looked that deeply into, obviously. But
0: yeah, Joaquin Phoenix was there. Their sister was there. Like, it was a really sad day. So I want to talk about that. So the passing of Hollywood star River Phoenix cemented the Viper Room's sordid reputation. At twenty-three years old, River was poised to have a successful acting career. Like he came up around the same time as Leo mm-hmm. DiCaprio. Oh, he would have, like, and he like he would have blown him out of the water. Unlike
1: Leo DiCaprio, he would have still been hot now. Oh my God, I know. Like
0: and there, he would have like him dating
1: like only under 25 year olds would make sense to me because i can imagine river phoenix as like a 50 year old man and he would be mm, chef's kiss he probably he would only oh get better gosh. with age.
0: I know. And it's weird to segue that and talk about him and stand by me but <laughs> when i was a kid i had a crush on him for sure and Absolutely. then i learned that he was dead and i was like fuck. So, yes. He collapsed in 1993, on Halloween, outside of the Viper Room, so he technically didn't die inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the night of his passing, River drank a speedball, which was interesting. You what? usually hear about it being injected, but it is a highly toxic mix of heroin and cocaine, and he dissolved it into his drink. Oh and shit! And chugged it. Oh my god. So, alcohol, and then he took a Valium. Okay, yeah. That so, he, d- he was you. just trying yeah. to get obliterated. Absolutely. Um, His skin reportedly turned gray, and after telling his friend that he thought he was overdosing, he just collapsed outside in the club. He was getting some fresh air. All of his siblings were there. They had to call... Um, the ambulance and he died later that night in the hospital. Oh my god. Yeah. So, that definitely kind of sets the tone for
1: the Viper Room. The Viper Room. Going forward. Yeah. It's the kind of place where you can just chug a speedball. Just very casually.
0: Just chug a speedball. I had never read anything. I've never heard that. Not that I've well-versed in drugs my freshman
1: year roommate and i like really hated everybody else on our floor we just like didn't like anybody else and kind of (laughs) were and like one of the people that we didn't like that much was this girl that we we so we came up with nicknames for everybody and this girl's name was cokehead because we were in the bathroom one night and we saw her mix she had a shot and then she mixed a bunch of Coke in the shot. And then she took the shot in the bathroom. And we were both like, what the fuck? We're like, why did she? I'm like, And it was a, like a lot of Coke. And I was like, that's like more Coke than you should and be snorting. And I feel snorting. like that's kind
0: of a waste, too. Because you have to digest it. I don't... Whereas if you... Insufflite or inject, it goes right into your bloodstream? Yeah,
1: I don't know. It was a very weird thing, and I'd never heard of anybody doing that, like taking a shot of Coke. So like a dumb Coke head. Yeah, so we called her cokehead. Then we had we had Tie-Dye Girl. We had Jean Onesie. We had a lot of different people on the floor. And <laughs> a- Apologies to the people who I know are not, certainly not listening to this podcast, but if you were on Will's third floor in 2008, uh, I'm sorry, because you probably didn't deserve that. And, you know, it might not even have been Coke. Maybe it was something else, you know? Maybe, uh, yeah. But even if it was Molly, even drink. if it was something else, I, it's just like a strange thing to do. Like, why are you taking it shots is. of drugs? Just, just snort and, them like and the rest do of it, us. do
0: it in your room in private, you know? Yeah, like,
1: do, you don't need to, like, spread that around in the bathroom. Like, I have spent the last, like, 12 years thinking about it, and it's haunted <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, your, your nicknames for your floor mates, like read like my contacts in my phone that i just have never gone through and deleted like (laughs) especially like dating during the tinder era yeah yeah i i saw um scumbag emporium (laughs) like so it's like a a descriptor and then where i met them yeah yeah no names no names
1: no and i you could <laughs> you could hold a gun to my head and i would not be able to actually tell you the name of any of the people that we made nicknames for but i could very easily you could show me a picture of them and i would be like yeah that's frizzy frizzy waves right there there she is
0: <laughs> okay and like i'm one
1: to talk like frizziest waves out there like i
0: we both got some frizzy waves <laughs> happening um okay so Back to Johnny Depp. In 1999, he found himself in the middle of a multi-million dollar lawsuit. Oh. Johnny Depp and the um, in the lawsuits. In the... Sorry. Um, filed by his business partner, who also owned the Viper Room, uh, Anthony Fox. So just days before he was to testify, this man, his business partner mysteriously disappeared along with his truck and a 38 caliber, caliber rifle. What? <laughs> his truck was found 19 days later, but his body was never recovered. Wait, so the disappearance, this man was supposed to testify against Johnny Depp and he disappeared. Yep. <laughs> right before he was about to hmm testify. So, um the disappearance remains a mystery; has never been solved. And since he disappeared so close to the day he was to testify, some believe that Depp exercised his power and is somehow responsible. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, it, it, there's it's a lot of money. Multi be- multi million dollars.
1: Yeah, I mean that that is a coincidence. So he was never found.
0: They never found this man. That's wild. I can't yeah, believe like so that's
1: never come up in any like discussions around like the current happenings or. Not and this so happened and in
0: 1999, so this is like peak Johnny Depp to like Edward Scissorhands. Damn, he has such a fucking good PR team. Like, top Dude, I know top tier. I know. Um. Ugh. I'll read it because it's on here. The Viper Room appeared on Coast Adventures. Fuck yeah, it did. Hell yeah,
1: it did. Zach Baggins <sighs> and crew, they do not miss. They don't miss. If it's haunted, they've been there. They will always be there. And there is not, there's not going to be an episode of this podcast for we the know! foreseeable future <laughs> in which we know. And let, the, let it be known that I did not mention him. <laughs> I know you it, have now. You have now brought time. up Zach Baggins' adjacent content twice in I this episode, and I have of, not.
0: <laughs> I kind of like that we have polarizing views because we will always have something to discuss. Oh,
1: absolutely! Yeah, no. I mean, I wouldn't like you know. I I could start a Ghost Adventures podcast with a fellow fan, but like, what would the fun be? You know, like we yeah. would just if he just fangirl. Mm-mm. No, and yeah. I, I also don't really think he deserves it. Like, I don't. I am self-aware enough to know that like my it's like it's not rational it's just it's kind of like (laughs) trauma bonding like I've just spent I spent the last two years inside and watching ghost adventures and now now it
0: was so funny like because we in the group chat we saw this progress like Caroline was like I think I'm gonna start ghost adventures from the beginning and I was like boo fuck that and you were like yeah, it's pretty good ironic TV watching. And then fast forward four months later, Caroline's like, "You guys, full blown. Stan. I'm I am a legitimate Zach Baggins Stan,
1: full blown." And like, we were
0: like, "How?"
1: <laughs> Star Ghost Adventures from the beginning, and you will too. I mean, that's funny because like there's a there's like two different podcasts that I've listened to that start that tried to do to recap Ghost Adventures from the beginning and then gave up like within the second season they just like could not hit it was just like it's too it's too much content you can't possibly do it but I will say both of those podcasts started out being pretty skeptical about Zach Baggins and through the act of recapping each episode they have become stands as well like like skeptical stands like me like I hold them accountable you know I like to
0: I think you appreciate him because he's a douchebag. I appreciate him. Yes. I
1: and I also just like he knows entertainment. He is an entertainer at heart. Like he say what you will about Zach Baggins, Like he has a lot of social issues. I would say not very good with people. (laughs) Very strange behavior. Like probably an asshole to date. Like, sorry, Holly Madison. But
0: but he knows he knows how to entertain. And can Network. I just say in a original Ghoul Gang episode, I think it was episode five, I listened to recently, and I referred to the Ghost Adventures crew as a walking set of Ed Hardy t shirts. <laughs> and you weren't wrong. Like I would never dispute
1: that. I would yeah. never I would never correct that. I mean that that's exactly and what I was they like are.
0: with your thick thick leather band fossil watches. Like Get the fuck out of here. So, for the Viper Room, it is not just the tragic passing of River Phoenix that attracts ghost aficionados and hunters to the Viper Room. The club was also a renowned mobster hangout, and as we all know, there's sketchy history there, so there's probably ghosts too. Was it a mob hangout in the 90s or before Johnny Depp bought it? Both. Both. Ooh. so one of those underground poker games was played there, like Molly's game, mm-hmm. but not. It, but I don't think it, it. It was Molly. I just rewatched that, but like Leonardo DiCaprio was in the game, like a whole bunch of celebrities, and but it was run by the mob, and the whole story was like she ran the game, but she started taking a cut. And the mobsters who hired her found out and like intimidated the shit out of her until she just turned herself in. I've never seen that movie,
1: but it seems similar to the beginning of Ocean's Eleven when uh, George Clooney goes in and like Topher Grace and like uh, I remember that like the Topher. girl from Charmed are all, are all playing um, like an underground game of poker, like trying to learn how to play poker. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And it's like yes. that like mobster that's teaching them.
0: Yes, I remember. Um, But yeah, this is a lot more mobby and a lot of like, we're going to kill you if you don't pay up situation. So in 2017, the TV ghost hunting crew Ghost Adventures paid the club a visit. During their investigation, they heard disembodied voices saying, I'm confused. Which is a fair... It's probably Zach Baggins, like, in the bathroom, but
1: the lights are off. Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can see. I'm confused. Or one of his, like,
1: stoner cameramen. It's, like, his little butler, Theo, that he has in his haunted yeah. museum. He <laughs> oh, dresses up like a big for <laughs> justice for
0: Theo. Justice um, for Theo. So, the crew told the ticket booth operator Rita about them, and she claims that the voice belongs to the ghost of River Phoenix, um, who initially you know, didn't know what was happening to him, mm-hmm. was disoriented. As you would be after as chugging he, <sighs> a speedball. Which is a drinkable thing we have learned today my god
1: don't drink drugs
0: folks don't do it don't drink (laughs) drugs don't do them either i mean just the safe ones so according to rita this ticket taker who has been working there forever i guess um the spirit of river phoenix isn't the only entity inside the club so during rita's decades long tenure at the viper room she experienced some pretty unexplainable things I've had my hair yanked, a hand on my leg. Oh, they're grabby these guy goes. Mm, I mean, you know, I, I believe it. Imagine
1: if it had been Leo DiCaprio instead. Like think about, think about all the under 25 year olds who would be being just groped <laughs> at the Viper Room. Constantly groped
0: at the Viper Room. <laughs> Jesus. But there's a chick too, she said. She was texting texting me once from a dead number. I'd talk out loud to her, and she'd text me a response. What? She was really mad and frustrated that I couldn't see her and said, I was standing right in front of you.
1: What? I mean, that's That's cool. That's a wild story that I feel like they really should have dug in a little bit more on. Like, Zach needed to ask a few additional questions there. Like, oh,
0: he probably did, but I'm not going to watch and find out. Well,
1: I, that'll be the episode that I watch tonight yeah. before bed. You have to... <laughs> I will report back.
0: Report back. <laughs> um, one bartender who had worked at the Viper Room for 16 years said that he felt like the bottom bar had a very different energy from the top. So upstairs, downstairs situation. okay um, A more malevolent one. He said he felt a constant pressure in his chest whenever he was down at the bottom bar and that he even had seen glasses fly off tables on their own. I was picturing glasses off someone's face. Also like Someone creepy. just <laughs> grab your glasses and be like That would be disorienting. i I would say I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um Of course, Zach claimed that the the bar is a site of a spiritual portal and an opening to the ghost world that cannot be seen. Yep. That sounds about right. Of course he does. So yeah, that's the Viper Room. It's still open, but Tom Sandoval played a show there. So I'm guessing the caliber of artists has uh, fallen quite a bit.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, I guess maybe not it's really. not unfortunate because I don't want any of the <laughs> modern artists that I like to meet unfortunate Die. guests there. Or get sucked yeah. into a portal in the world. Like, you don't want that for anybody. Or
0: get their glasses slapped off their
1: face. Or their glasses slapped out of their hands. Like, none of it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that
0: is the Viper Room.
1: That is wild. I am going to do, just to jump off of that, I'm going to talk about... Speaking of drugs, um, Whitney Houston and her and the very wild circumstances of her death and also the aftermath, which I was not really familiar with. Like I, oh, yeah, dude. Um, so we all know Whitney Houston, icon, legend, um, musical juggernaut, one of the greats. My land. <laughs> she Sorry. died at the Beverly Hilton on February 11th, 2012, which was the day before the 54th Grammy Awards. Um, and every year leading up to that, the record producer, Clive Davis, um, would throw a party. And so he, it became a tradition for like the last 30 years for him to host a party the, at the hotel the night before the awards. Um, but this year, Houston wouldn't make it. Um, and I am reading an article on all that's interesting.com. This is my source. Um, so earlier that day, uh, Houston's longtime assistant, Mary Jones, had left the singer's suite for moments to find a dress for her to wear to the party. She comes back and she sees Whitney face down and unresponsive in the bathtub. The Beverly Hills Fire Department arrives at 3.30 p.m. They perform CPR for 20 minutes and they pronounce her dead at 4 p.m. Um, There was drug paraphernalia littered around the bathroom. Whitney has had a long history of drug abuse, unfortunately. She had a very tumultuous relationship with Bobby Brown that was very drug-fueled, cocaine, uh, drinking, like pretty much all the drugs. I think crack, which is just cocaine anyway. Um, So this, but she had gotten sober in years since and had seemed to have been getting, this was kind of like the eve of her come back like she was planning on performing at this party. Um, and it. the coroner's report did conclude that she had been acutely intoxicated from cocaine and that this contributed to her accidental death. But um, lots of people think that foul play was involved. Um, and to this day, there are numerous unanswered questions about how she died when she was just 48 years old. So going back to the beginning here, Whitney Elizabeth Houston, she's born on August 9th, uh, 1963, in Newark, New Jersey. Her dad was an army veteran. He worked for the city. Her mom, she was a gospel singer, and she was also Di- Dionne Warwick's cousin. So, fun fact singing runs in the family. Um, her mother had sung backup vocals for Aretha Franklin, um, and Whitney wow. met her as a child. So, again, this is like quite the dynasty of she really had it in her blood. Um, mm. She had like began singing at an early age. Her voice was so powerful in her teenagers that um, she was hired as a backup singer to very famous people. Record producers came calling, um, and in 1982, Clive Davis offered her a record deal with Arista Records. Um, just after he had just turned talents like Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel into superstars. So she's just 21 years old. She releases her iconic debut album in 1985. With great hits like you know the greatest love of all, how will I know? Which like I mean everybody still rocks to those. I mean she again her voice is incredible, one of the best vocalists of all time. Um, So with the unparalleled passion, the voice of an angel, her sophomore effort Whitney gave her an Emmy award for I want to dance with somebody, also another iconic track. She was grew into a musical icon in the span of a decade. Um, but unfortunately, you know, this is the 80s, early 90s, rampant cocaine use everywhere constantly all the time. Not like it's not in the industry now today, but I do think this is kind of the golden age of coke. This
0: is like, this is like when crack like just hit the streets Mm -hmm. too. That true. Yes. It was like the epidemic, crack epidemic.
1: So she was using a lot and she marries Bobby Brown in 1982. Her drug use soars. Um and fuck that guy yeah she's in and out you know kind of sober not sober doing a lot of drugs bobby's doing a lot of drugs too it's a very abusive situation he like is physically abusive to her i think emotionally abusive probably all the types of abuse that you can possibly experience um but they Mm -hmm. do have a daughter um named uh bobby christina
0: brown in 1993 um what a misogynist to name your daughter
1: after yourself. <laughs> this is this is like more like Spears energy because it's like the Jamie Lynn Spears like it's yeah. just like why would you po- like the funniest part about Jamie Lynn Spears's name is that she was named Jamie Lynn Spears First of all, her father's name is Jamie. Her mother's name is Lynn. So they named her Jamie Lynn Spears. So they named her after both of them. But apparently, according to Spears family lore, she was named this because Jamie Spears didn't believe initially that she was his daughter. He thought Lynn was having an affair, which like Lynn was not having an affair. She was obsessed with this man to the point where like she's been fucking him for years since they've been divorced, like for multiple decades. Like (laughs) for some reason, even though he literally looks like the crypt keeper but
0: like so I'm they Brittany. so once
1: once they finally once he finally accepted that this was his child he was like all right well cool we're gonna name her after me <laughs> jamie stop anyway back to whitney there's
0: also john Bennett ramsey
1: her oh, dad God. john
0: bennett like literally why
1: so one thing that people found very weird about the death of Whitney Houston I mean her death maybe is not that weird in before today I didn't think the death of Whitney Houston was that suspicious I mean it it seems like kind of the culmination of what happens when you abuse a lot of drugs over the course of your career however there's a lot of weird things surrounding it and specifically the thing that's the weirdest I think is the fact that this party that was taking place at the Beverly Hilton like literally the floor below her so she dies and like she's literally on top of the room where the party's happening clive davis decides to throw this party still so it turns kind of into a tribute for her but like her body is literally upstairs Upstairs. um so
0: i've always thought it was strange that she was face down
1: it is weird is that she tough. was face down and also she had bruises and also the water when they came to like extract her from the water she'd been in there for a while and mm-hmm. the water was like 93 degrees. It was like bo- so for her to have been in there for a while like it must have been boiling hot like to yeah. the point where she would have had burns. Um
0: that's so bizarre. Which is
1: very strange. So like Her favorite event in music was the Grammy Awards, and especially his party. She was in town that weekend to celebrate with her peers, but she died hours before it was scheduled to begin. She was staying in a suite at the Beverly Hilton on the fourth floor, just above where the party was being held in the ballroom. And Davis felt it was important to continue because that was something that Whitney would have wanted. She was so looking forward to tonight, even though she wasn't scheduled to perform. She loved music, and she loved this night that celebrates music, he said in a tribute during the gala, while her body was literally above him. The coroner's outside. Other tributes poured in that evening, including from Diddy, who called Houston one of the greatest voices ever. Alicia Keys spoke about their friendship, calling Houston my sister. Um, Big names in Hollywood, though, disagreed with Clive's decision to continue with the party. Her death was a main topic of conversation on the red carpet that evening. Um, And Garrett Kennedy, a journalist and author of the book Didn't We Almost Have It All, in defense of Whitney Houston, was flabbergasted (sighs) that the party went on. I thought it was completely disgusting, he said in an interview with the New York Post. I have never gotten over the fact that this party happened. She's upstairs. The coroner is waiting to go get her. It's appalling to me. It felt like this weird Shakespearean tragedy unfolding where it's like this woman who was granted so little dignity in her lifetime lifetime cannot even die in dignity. And I Mm -hmm. totally agree with that. That is...
0: Absolutely. It is
1: so disrespectful. I mean, I can't imagine like one of my friends dying in in the hotel where I am throwing a party and then continuing on with the party and then going to the Grammys. I mean, it's just the whole thing is just like really distasteful and awful. And Whitney deserves so that. much better. Um, So, you know, she, when she checked into her Beverly Hilton suite, she was prepared to attend that party. Um, her family later revealed that she had once again been, been using cocaine despite um, being uh going on Oprah a couple years before and saying she was sober. um. So it seems like she had fallen off the wagon. So
0: this that is... That can happen in a couple of years. And it's L.A.
1: And it's L.A., yes. Um. One day... This is a weird detail that I didn't know. One day before attending the pre-party, Whitney had a premonition. She said that God told her to go check on her 18-year-old daughter in the bathroom. And when she went in to find her, she found her 18-year-old daughter, Bobby Christina, asleep in the bathtub, about to drown. So this was a day before... Whitney herself died in the bathtub. She said God told her to go. Whitney said that God told her to go in and check Chrissy, said um, Brandy Boyd, who's uh, Whitney Houston's goddaughter. Her mother was literally her savior. If my godmother had not walked into the bathroom at the very second she did, Chrissy would have died.
0: And she and ultimately.
1: Yes. So her death is so that that's what happened to Whitney. And again, like in a vacuum, like that's. It's very, very, very sad and very tragic, but it's not it's not that weird. However, like what happened afterwards is very weird. Like people call this kind of the the, the Whitney Houston Bobby Brown curse, kind of like it does seem like a lot of people surrounding this death um, have also died. So Bobby Christina, her daughter, I think she was like 18 when her mother died. She was very affected by this. Obviously, she ended up having to go to the hospital to um like because she was so I think she had like a mental breakdown. She like checked herself into um, a mental health facility. Um, but she seemed to you know, she was participating in some, she was doing some acting. She told people at the time that she thought that her mother like would want her to carry on her legacy and do singing and get into show business. So she was she acted in a Tyler Perry show. She did a couple documentaries about um, her relationship with her mother. And um, in 2014, or I think 2013, uh, about a year after her mother died, she announced her engagement to a man named Nick Gordon, um, who was kind of her brother. Yeah, so Nick had moved creepy. in with Whitney and Bobby when he was like 12. And he basically was brought up as their child. They never formally adopted him, but he was like a member of their household. And Bobby Christina had known him since she was very very young so they really grew yeah. up together um Ugh. and in instagram posts before they announced their engagement she referred to him as like bro and bruv so Ugh. i mean interesting turn
0: grief of relationship makes people there. do indeed weird things. indeed it does
1: and they were not they weren't biologically related it's not you know it's not like t- totally unheard of it's just you know not a great situation and they were all brought up in this very chaotic household where they were all kind of doing drugs at a young age. And so they both were also addicts. Um, mm-hmm. And on January 30th, I think, I said 30, in my notes, I say January 32nd, but I don't think that's correct. <laughs> um, on January 30th, 2015, um, Nick and their roommate and alleged drug dealer, Max Lomas, find Bobby Christina. Face down in a bathtub, Um which
0: is ex- mind blowing. When that happened, I freaked out. So when you said the thing about the premonition, I had no idea. No, I had
1: that. never heard that, which is crazy to me. So like, did she oh my God. did she see what was going to
0: happen to her daughter like two years later? Like, I don't know. But or did someone take that opportunity and murder her? Mm hmm. So they, they find her in the bathtub. Um,
1: they call the police. She's still alive when they uh, take her in. She actually lives for another six months, but she's in a coma the entire time. And she ends up dying on July 26, 2015 um, of pneumonia that she got while she was in this coma. And I think she had been brain dead for a while, but they just hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, investigators were not able to determine exactly how she died. An autopsy showed that she had morphine, cocaine, alcohol, and prescription drugs in her body. But the medical examiner in that case couldn't determine if she killed herself, if someone else killed her, or if her death was accidental. Um, Bobby Christina's family blamed Nick Gordon, her fiance. Mm -hmm. They accused him. um, They ended up suing him in civil court um, and accused him of giving her a a toxic cocktail before putting her face down on the water. He was never charged in the case, but he was found responsible in civil court for the wrongful death lawsuit. And an Atlanta mm-hmm. judge ordered him to pay $36 million to Brown's estate. Um, So that, that was in 2016 when he was... A, a year after she died, he was ordered, like basically held legally responsible for this. In August 2018, their roommate, Max Lomas, was found dead in a bathroom by his friend. Jesus. He allegedly went to... According to the friend, he was... Hanging, they they were hanging out, and he went to the bathroom, and he took a really long time. The friend went in there to check on him, and they found him dead of a drug overdose. He, there was like a syringe next to him. Um, oh, on man. January first, twenty twenty, Nick Gordon, the fiance, was found dead from a heroin overdose. What? So everybody that was there, like that was it what was involved in that found Bobby Christina, everyone is dead. And also Max and Nick were both like they both knew Whitney and they both hung out with her, too. And Bobby Brown, like senior, is convinced that he's been going on. He was on Red Table Talk a couple like I think last year talking about how he thought that like Nick was the person that basically killed both Whitney and uh, Bobby Christina.
0: I mean, I mean, as a dad, I would probably be, I would, too, you know, Totally. Like, I mean,
1: this is and also like this is unrelated, probably. But like so Nick dies January 1st, 2020 from a heroin overdose. Bobby's um, child from another a previous relationship from before with a woman named Kim um, that he had before. Uh, I think before Bobby Christina, he dies from a heroin overdose on November eighteenth, twenty twenty. So like, I mean, Bobby Brown's a piece of shit. But like, I would not w- like this is awful. Like, what a it's so such bad. a sad, sad, sad story. Like, basically, his entire family has been completely decimated by drugs, or you know, maybe a curse.
0: <laughs> Ugh, um. Gosh, don't do drugs, guys. No, Just please. Only the legal ones, and or soon to be legal ones.
1: Yeah. So. That is the very strange. I, I would say, um, there's a lot of conspiracy around this, but after, and it I mean, I can understand why just because it's a lot, it's a lot of very, very weird stuff. I mean, but after doing a lot of research on this today, I didn't realize how crazy it was. I will say I don't think there is a conspiracy. I just think it's a really sad story about what happens when you get caught up in hard drugs and you lead other people that you love into it. And I don't know. Bobby Christina, though, I I don't... I wouldn't... The fact that she was found the exact same way as her mother is really, really...
0: That yeah. was, it, that was like, ter- horrifying to me. Like, even if it was just... An accident, like, ugh, so Um, sad. There is like a little. Okay, this is we're gonna
1: try to lighten it up here, even though it's not that light. But there's kind of when this when Whitney first died, there was a lot, a, a couple. So Whitney dies in February 2012, and a couple weeks later, or maybe even a couple days later, Blue Ivy Carter is born. And so there was there was a lot of uh, conspiracy theories going on <laughs> online that um, the the blue Ivy was actually the spawn of Satan, and that blue Ivy is a reworking of the name Yulab Yivi, which Twitter users and other conspiracy th- theorists allege is the name of Satan's daughter. Although there has been no evidence to prove such a concept, Jay Z. Her and- name is <laughs> Sabrina Spellman. They basically thought that um, Whitney Houston's sudden death. Um, was murder at the hands of the Illuminati and that she was a sacrifice in order to bring blue Ivy Carter into the world. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to put that out there. I think that might be it.
0: Yikes, dude. Yeah. Well, the next person I'm talking about is funny. What happened to him? Not so funny. No. So this is also an ATI article. Uh, Inside the tragic death of comedy icon John Belushi Uh-oh. and the Chateau Marmont Hotel.
1: The Chateau Marmont, man. Just like the Beverly Hilton. That, those places are haunted as shit.
0: Also, I changed my answer about the leading question it's Robin Williams.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As it Yeah. I. I got the notification on my phone. I was walking home with my groceries, and I dropped my groceries and just started crying. I,
1: that was a really, really sad day. It was a
0: tough day. I went on a date that night, and it got weird. Anyway, so on the night of March 4th, 1982, Robert De Niro and Robin Williams were snorting cocaine in John Belushi's hotel room. The next day, Belushi was dead. On March 5th of 1982, John Belushi was found dead after injecting a speedball, heroin and cocaine, at the Chateau Marmont.
1: Not safe to do whether you drink it, you inject it, or you snort it. You, you shouldn't do it. Just don't any do way, it. Anyway.
0: None of them. Um, and if you don't know the Chateau Marmont, it's like a kind of gothic style um, hotel in L.A., on the Sunset Strip um, and it's it was they had bungalows so like celebrities had a little more privacy when staying there hmm so although John Belushi's death marked the abrupt end of his career as an actor comedian and musician it came as no surprise to those who knew him best and I think people just in general in pop culture like knew that he had an issue with this robin williams you know yeah robert de niro i didn't i he was probably just the cool guy who's like he's like i'm down for whatever (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) he's like got a cigar um so filmmaker and close friend penny marshall she knew about belushi's drug use all too well and she said i swear you'd walk down the street with him and people would just hand him drugs like because of he was the king he was the yeah. an animal house yeah you know he like, was
1: like the party king absolutely yeah 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 when you like
0: make a name for yourself in
1: like that kind of entertainment and like really just and that's like kind of like your persona
0: i feel like it's really hard to live that down you know what's really upsetting he was only 33 was he was only 33 yeah
1: he was a rough so, 33, man. No,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, th- the amount of drugs, it definitely took a toll on not only his physical appearance, but his oh mental Oh, my God. Well-being. I
1: would have, I mean, I would have guessed, like, it, I thought he was, like, 43.
0: I know. But, nope. He was 33. Um. He was in the original cast of Saturday Night Live, which is iconic in itself. He spent a lot of time in Chicago at Second City, so we love him. Um, And he was in the Blues Brothers. He was. Chicagoans. Chicagoans. You know, Kingston Mines. We love it. Yeah. So, this is just more about his career, but I want to get into his haunting. So. On February 28th, 1982, Belushi checked into Bungalow 3 at the Chateau Marmont. Um, Little is known about his movements for the next couple of days, but one can assume he was on a pretty solid bender. Um, However, grand jury testimony by SNL writer Nelson Lyon shed light on Belushi's last few hours. Lyon testified that on March 2nd, Belushi, Belushi showed up at his home with Kathy Smith, a Canadian drug dealer he met on the set of SNL. According to Lyon, Smith injected both men with cocaine, a total In- of five times that day. The
1: co- injecting with cocaine is, like, so aggressive.
0: Yeah, well, it's just like meth. I mean... Ugh. People are going to ultimately end up injecting if they're... Yeah. Their tolerance you know, gets high enough. Yeah. Because they just... You know, chasing the dragon, man. He next saw Smith and Belushi on March 4th um, when they arrived at his home. Smith then injected Belushi with drugs at Lion's homes three or four more times. Later that evening, according to Lion the three of them met. Robert De Niro at On the Rocks, an exclusive club for celebrities on the strip, and Belushi never made it to the club, apparently wanting to stay in his hotel room the whole night while De Niro tried to coax him to come out over the phone. If Robert De Niro was like, hey, get out here, I'd be like, I'm on my way. Yeah, he must have been really fucked up to not
1: obey that (laughs) because... Right. I just like I wouldn't want to deal with the consequences. I feel like you've let him down like whew there's gonna be hell to pay.
0: Right? Yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna smile at you, but you know. You're out of the circle. You're cut off. (laughs) So this Smith woman, um, who I had no idea about until today, injected both Lyon and Belushi with a cocktail of heroin and cocaine to speedball and it rendered them walking zombies and made both of us vomit um never a good
1: sign like that's not even fun
0: no and she's not even cute (laughs) sorry but like why is this person i don't know it's like a doctor feel good situation Mm -hmm. i guess yeah um, but Smith drove the three of them back to the bungalow the morning of March 5th, and that's when De Niro and Robin Williams stopped by for a brief visit, each helping themselves to a little cocaine. Everyone left except for Belushi and Smith. So Smith later reported that, alarmed by the sound of his breathing, because he was probably death rattling, mm-hmm. um... She woke Belushi up at 930 and asked if he was okay, And he said, just leave me alone. Seems like you should not
1: leave him alone in that situation. Seems like maybe you should stay with him.
0: Well, she probably knew that she was going to be held responsible. Fair. She was. Fair. Yeah. Um, But like she, she
1: wouldn't be held responsible if he hadn't died. Like, there'd be nothing to be held responsible for.
0: Take him if to the hospital and already, say that
1: you didn't do Be like, I don't know. I found him like this. This is crazy.
0: Or just drop him out front.
1: Yeah. Call the police. Right? Or not the police, the police, but call an ambulance.
0: Uh, yeah. So around noon, Belushi's personal trainer, which is interesting to me, Bill Wallace, arrived at the bungalow and let himself in with his key. Finding Belushi unresponsive, Wallace attempted to perform CPR but was unsuccessful. A few minutes later, EMTs arrived and Belushi was pronounced dead at the scene. Um, Smith returned to the Chateau Marmont a couple of hours later and was briefly taken into custody, questioned and released. So his cause of death was um, acute cocaine and heroin poisoning because she had been injecting them, him, for several days in a row. And Lord knows what his tolerance was. Oh, my God. And he obviously wasn't in the best health to begin with. Um, but the former chief medical examiner later testified that had Belushi not taken these drugs, he would have... He wouldn't have died.
1: Yeah. I so mean... the
0: drugs she provided was the cause of his death. And if he were still alive... He would be in his 70s today. But, on a lighter note, in Bungalow 3, there are still some many strange occurrences. The most notorious incident occurred in 1999, 90s Ghost Baby, um, when a family temporarily moved into Bungalow 3 while their house was being renovated. The family's two-year-old son was often found laughing and giggling by himself. When asked what he was laughing at, he would respond, the funny man. That's amazing.
1: That is the mm-hmm. best possible the best possible ghost scenario that I can right? think of. Like, I would love to move into a house haunted by John Belushi.
0: Right. And when his mother was leafing through a book of celebrity guests of Chateau Marmont, The boy pointed out John Belushi without hesitation and exclaimed, that's the funny man. (laughs) How cool is that? That's incredible. I know like creepy kids, creepy, but if your child's ghost friend is John Belushi, I'm okay with that.
1: 100%. Yeah that's so, i mean yeah
0: that's that's john belushi i feel like he'd be like good off. with
1: kids too you know i feel like he'd be like a really chill ghost to have around like i'd want that ghost around my kid. i mean and he would really be like don't do drugs kids because like look what happened to me. yeah you know like that well, and
0: he'd just want to make everybody laugh mm-hmm. damn same kind of thing with chris farley but yeah we'll save him for another episode. we'll save him
1: for a chicago episode um well i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this off with something that i had never actually heard of and another movie that i need to watch um the basis of another movie that i need to watch so it's the entity house in suburban los angeles have you ever heard of this have you seen the entity
0: no it's an 80s horror movie no end house which i want to watch again already no
1: End house is so i finally finished it and it's on I, I don't even I don't even want to start the third season because I know it's not going to be better. It's not.
0: It's not. Yeah. It's not nearly as good. Mm-mm.
1: Um. Well, the Entity House is. It might look like some. I'm reading off of LaGhostTour.com. Um. That's where this article is. It may look like an ordinary house in the middle of a of suburban Los Angeles, but the home is known for having a story that was published into a book and later adapted into a horror movie of the same name, which I'm actually surprised has never been remade since it was like a pretty like well-received 80s horror movie. Like maybe it has, but I don't think so. I've never heard of the story before. Maybe it's just you'll, you'll see why it might not be like people might be a little bit squeamish about it being published today or being Hmm. like remade today.
0: Um, okay. So this is
1: a story of Doris Bither. Um, the house was occupied in the early 1970s by a woman named Doris Bither and her four sons. She was a single mother and she had suffered from a lot of health issues that required her to take medication. Um, she had a lot of childhood trauma, um, and the medication that was prescribed to her was apparently psychiatric medication, but I have, don't have details over that. She had a history of physical abuse, um, sexual abuse, and substance abuse in the past. So at some point during the night, Bither was asleep and was, was awakened uh, by a sexual assault by what appeared to be three spirits. She would recall two of them holding her down while a third one assaulted her. Ghost. Oh,
0: my God.
1: At some point later, Bither was visiting a bookstore near the UCLA campus when she overheard a lecture taking place about paranormal activity. The lecture was performed by Barry Taff and Carrie Gaynor, both working for a parapsychology, parapsychology lab at the UCLA campus. This was back in the 70s when parapsychology was like a legit subject and they taught it at UCLA (laughs) (laughs) which I like I wish I wish so badly that I could have gone to college and taken a parapsychology class like can you imagine you know
0: the Warrens did guest lectures in those classes oh god
1: I mean these days it would be Zach Baggins. so I don't necessarily need (laughs) to take it today but (laughs) um so um She approaches them and she tells them about her ghost assault. And that leads Taff and Gaynor to set up a preliminary interview with her on August 22nd, 1974. So they come over to her house Um, while being interviewed. Doris recalls hearing the spirits banging on the walls, lights flickering and even moving around the house, despite the home being occupied by four of her children. This is, you know, they're kind of like, you know, it's probably something else it was reported that she'd been suffering episodes of what could be known as sleep paralysis which Taffin and gainer believed could have been linked to her claim of being assaulted by spirits however that that makes sense that definitely tracks with like i don't know a lot of Feeling people's experiences like you can't
0: move yeah yeah seeing something above you mm-hmm. um so they initially
1: thought that the sleep paralysis might be the cause of this episode however their tune changed when multiple witnesses came forward to talk about the eerie feelings and strange occurrences that happened in the home these recollections have uh, included members of her family that had visited her at her home several times and her friends Um, so they would report hearing phantom noises and loud voices and banging on the walls one witness claimed to see doris being thrown around by a rag doll by an invisible force Another witness uh, reported one of her sons attempting to intervene when one of the spirits was attacked or with one of the spirits, and he was attacked to the point where his arm was broken. <gasps> Taff and Gaynor proceeded to investigate the home and noticed lights were flickering on and off constantly. As Taff and Gaynor began to interview the teenagers living in the home, they uh, reported that the they didn't have the best relationship with their mother, which, you know, teenagers and their parents, not surprising. Um, However, as one of the teens was being interviewed, the cabinet doors reportedly flung open and no one was near them. Pots and pans would hit the floor violently without any explanation or reason. And to make matters even more hair raising, no tremors or earthquakes were said to be reported at the time because this is L.A. So we have to kind of consider that as an option
0: earthquake country
1: so taff and gainer wasted no time taking pictures of every room in the house and when the photos were developed they noticed white orbs in many of the photos and you can look these pictures up online they are very creepy um sheets of white fuzz appeared in some of the photos as well when the investigation wrapped up taff and gainer uh, believed that the best course of action was to remove doors from the house soon after um they came back and took more photos um And there were no white sheets or orbs in any of the pictures. It was apparent that the paranormal presence had been attached to Doris.
0: Oh, my God. So. How have I not heard this story? I don't know.
1: And it's like, I need to watch this uh, horror movie. Although, once again, like, I think it might be a little torture porny like literally yeah so it's the 80s and it's right? the it's like it was made like 1982 i'm sure it's not it, not super respectful of its subject it doesn't hold up mm-mm. yeah i know like it's like i want to watch it but i'm also like do i want to watch it no
0: i want a documentary
1: i would love a documentary um so the investigation of the home and doris's attack took 10 weeks um and doris described many presences that she had encountered including one in particular that she would describe as a humanoid um that she called the entity during the investigation nearly 30 researchers were in and out of the home and doris would attempt to summon the spirits while they were there so basically in order to summon the spirits in the home doris would like curse and yell at them while the researchers had recording materials out and um at su- at one point during this the summoning had appeared to work as the lights had suddenly began to turn on and a large green fog appeared throughout the room the fog what? formed into a figure of what looked like at the torso of a man researchers were able to see the man's appearance as someone who appeared to be big and muscular in size and the figure had no face so hmm. during the event one of the captures uh, one of the cameras managed to capture the image of a bright white orb before um the camera failed and could not take any pictures anymore, so it was just done. The camera was Dunzo. This camera's Dunzo. Um, <laughs> Doris and her family left the home in California and relocated to Texas, um, but kept in touch with paranormal investigators. Um, as Doris, I'm left-
0: sorry, I'm sorry. Was that a Hills callback?
1: <laughs> that was that was a Laguna Beach callback. Laguna Beach. <laughs> this car is like Dunzo. Car is
0: Dunzo. <laughs> I feel Uh, like that was the name of the episode. It
1: was my queen, Kristen Cavallari, um, just being her fantastic self. (laughs) Um, Sorry,
0: I had to stop you there.
1: No, I'm glad that I'm glad that you caught that. (laughs) (laughs) So they um, so Doris leaves for Texas, but it seems that the hauntings continued. And after a while, she loses touch with the. Um, investigators she completely moves to an undisclosed location she has never since come forward talking to talk about her stories um, either during the release of the book after it or the film based on her life so she has never come out to talk about this and rumor has it doesn't say where this rumor is from so take this with a giant grain of salt but that she may have been pregnant with a child fathered by the entity in 1995 Mm. she died from an apparent pulmonary arrest So the house is still there. Um, It's a really kind of creepy, boring looking house. It kind of looks like the Indiana like horror house a little bit. It has like similar vibes. It's a small kind of like seems like it's like two or three bedrooms, like one floor little house. And Mm -hmm. you
0: can you can drive by there if you are in suburban Los Angeles. Man, I'm so glad we don't live in L.A. (laughs) Just like in general, Why? (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't want to lose 40 pounds. That's Yeah, that's true. I don't want to have to drive everywhere. No, 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 no. Everyone's doing coke. That's true, too. And I'm just not a party person. Like, I... Yeah, I'm much more... I was talking to my sister about this. I'm much more of a San Diego person.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, like... California, like, I would live in LA, but it wouldn't be my first choice in California. California is just in itself such a dream. But Los Angeles is like the worst part of it, I think. like right. I And I love it. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I do have a friend that lives in Pasadena, and Pasadena is like a heaven, heaven on earth. It's so gorgeous mm-hmm. there. But that's, I mean, that, and that's still kind of LA. And you still do have to drive right. everywhere. And I mean, all the pro- the same problems exist. But it is still just like, God, it's so gorgeous. All those... Spanish style homes, like mm-hmm. the rolling hills, the mountains, the
0: Erica Jane's seized house. <laughs> Erica Jane's
1: seized house. Uh, her son's turned over car. Uh- <laughs> oh, he
0: hurt my he hurt his ankle. I forgot. I, that was just a whole ass mess.
1: Um. um but yeah, no, I, I there's there's plenty of places in California that I would want to live in. L.A. is definitely at the bottom, but. I would say it seems better to live anywhere in California than anywhere else just because it's just the weather. My God. Oh,
0: see, I could give a fuck. I like the cold. I like the rain. And you don't get either of those things. That's LA. true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. What have you what have you been watching?
1: Um, I watched uh, <laughs> the Resident Evil one and two
0: last night. <laughs> oh my god did they hold up i'm scared to watch them i had actually
1: never seen them before and (sighs) so i was like i need to watch these and they were i mean it's it has a very similar like i don't know it i don't know if i would say it super holds up but it doesn't not hold up it is what it is it's it's
0: very much like a time
1: yeah like it's i think it's like kind of a feminist movie
0: (laughs) oh yeah (gasps) <gasps> Mila Jovovich is such a badass. I
1: mean, I wouldn't say it's like, it's definitely got a lot of the male gaze, but. Oh, um, yeah. A lot of tight.
0: But like, I,
1: I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Um, And I did fall asleep in the second one, but I actually
0: w- was enjoying the second one better before I fell asleep. I was just really tired. Yeah. I just, it's the first couple scenes of number one are iconic. Mm hmm. Like the office lockdown. Yes,
1: absolutely. That was like some of the best. And then I really liked like seeing those characters again, like in zombie form later. Like that Mm -hmm. was fun. That was a good callback. And then Mm -hmm. I also like that they started out and like she doesn't know what's happening and the husband doesn't know what's happening and everyone Mm -hmm. is just really confused and it takes a while. Like their memories are coming. I don't know. I really I like a movie where you're just kind of dropped into it in the middle and you have to figure out with the characters like what's actually going on. So that, that was fun. I liked it yeah um let me see what else I watched something else see
0: that's the thing about recording every week Is like I haven't watched much
1: I know I w- oh I also watched um the what's that called? the rental
0: oh yeah the Dave Franco
1: movie and I I liked mm-hmm. it but it was a little the end was a little I don't know I mean I yeah. I liked the end but I was like I don't know I'm yeah. not gonna say more than that but I feel like I was a little unfulfilled
0: I just wish Lip was in it more. Um, so I am re-watching Misfits on Hulu, which is like skins, but funny and with superpowers. Oh. Um, I think it ended in 2009. 20... I don't know. I, but I watched the superpowers part of that.
1: I when you were texting about it the other night, I like completely glossed over the fact that there were superpowers involved.
0: Yeah, it's like a storm happens and they all get struck by lightning, and everyone in this estate—it's um, like kind of like a slummy estate—all get weird powers. Like one of the girls' powers is like when people touch her, they just like immediately want to have sex with her, which is gonna be very problematic.
1: Yeah, that is extremely problematic.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Um. I also not a watch, but I've been listening to Red Handed. Are have you listened to Red Handed? Mm-mm. It's a true crime podcast. They cover a lot of lesser known cases, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. And they're British and their comedy is just like on point.
1: I love it. I need yes. a, I need some new pod I need some new podcasts honestly.
0: I've been I'll I'll text it to you for sure. I've
1: been re-listening to Undisclosed Rabia Chaudhry's podcast like the first <gasps> the first season of it just because of the Adnan Syed news. So, mm-hmm. um just getting reacquainted with that case and all the reasons why I'm pretty pleased that he's out of prison. I mean, again, don't know the truth and probably never will, but it does seem like I don't think that he did it.
0: <laughs> no. And I like, it's funny because I had just listened to that as like a fall asleep podcast because I've listened to it so many times. Mm-hmm. But um To serial or to undi- regardless, undisclosed? Oh yeah. Just cereal. Mm. Um Yeah, something about Sarah Koenig's voice just puts me right to sleep. Um I hear that. But <laughs> <laughs> either way, there was No, beyond a reasonable doubt and he had incompetent counsel yeah like so he did not get a fair trial and was denied appeal and it's
1: you should listen you should go back and listen to undisclosed because they literally take apart like both like both the state's case and kind of the serial narrative within like the first two episodes you're like you're just like oh like well I didn't know that and had I known that I would have thought much differently Sarah right
0: I'm a firm, mm-hmm. firm believer in innocence.
1: Mm hmm. Um, but oh, w- what I was going to say was before we jump off of this, I think we should make a comment about the Dahmer series.
0: Oh, yeah. Did I Did you watch that whole thing? I did. I didn't watch it. Mm, I'm not gonna watch it I wouldn't bother
1: I'm not gonna watch it I I mean I I watched literally the clips of it that I watched were like so traumatizing that and I know that they're all real like I know all Mm -hmm. those things really happened and it was and I like Evan Peters was absolutely born for that role like I think he fucking killed it absolutely 100 he deserves like all the Emmys for that but I also am just so disturbed I don't know I like
0: There's something like, especially when victims' families are still yeah. around, yeah. and you make a big thing, and then people are making like memes of hot Dahmer, no. and it's like stop it. That's that's the worst. And the families and
1: don't are not on board with it. It'd be one thing if the families were no. like, yes, we want this out there. We want people to see what happened. No, like it's not like th- that's how I felt about the act too, like the Hulu show. Where, oh, like with Gypsy Rose. With Gypsy Rose. Because Gypsy Rose, like, didn't want that to happen. Like, Gypsy Rose was oh, really wow. opposed to the making of that and really felt like it didn't fully capture what had happened to her and felt like it, like, cheapened the experience. And, like, there's a really fucking... There's a good documentary that the whole thing is based on that, like, actually... Mommy, Dad, and
0: Dear. Yeah, that
1: she, like, participates in and that she's, like, a full... You know, that she's really consenting to. So I just felt like the whole show... I mean, I actually did watch that whole show and I... It was really good. Patricia Arquette fucking kills it. But I can. But it made me feel like I think I was like halfway through when I found out the gypsy was really opposed to it. And it really like dampened the experience of watching the rest of it just because it's like, man.
0: Yeah. It's
1: kind of how I feel about all of those shows that are coming out that are based on these documentaries.
0: And we've been talking about that, like the Plathville yeah the
1: girl from Plathville or whatever I
0: love you now die yeah like
1: it's too soon and even the staircase I mean like like my Queen Tony's in it and I've heard like multiple people have been like have you watched The Staircase on HBO and I'm like I watched like 15 fucking episodes of that documentary like is there anything new in this like scripted series other than just like Queen Tony being a queen. Like, and we know that she's the queen of horror. We know, like, I don't, like, I can just rewatch Hereditary if I want to see Tony being a, an icon. I do,
0: I do have to say that she acts out the three possible scenarios. Uh, her husband, tripping and falling, and the owl. The owl theories. and Okay, well. Yeah. So I would recommend just watching those scenes and also the dynamics between the half siblings mm-hmm. okay was I mean really catchy.
1: I have heard really good things about it and that is one that I think I would watch and say i like but I mean it's just such an annoying trend lately where it's like I've listened to this podcast or I've watched this documentary and now there is like a scripted series about it they did this with the thing about Pam too which also mm-hmm. Pam's relatives like did did not want not that. not Pam's relatives but the I whatever her I don't remember what the name of the victim is but, which is so sad. Which is so sad, exactly. But she, her children were like, absolutely not. Like, we don't want to see this. Like, and it was made right. into kind of like a funny, like, you know, Renee Zellweger's in it. It was like kind of like a dark comedy. And it's like, it's this yeah. is somebody's mother who was stabbed multiple times. And then your, your father went, to, went prison to prison for it. <gasps> it's like not funny.
0: <laughs> no. But on, on the Dahmer note, you're exactly right where it's, it just feels like watching the documentary. Yeah, like because they nail everything so perfectly, even like the sets and especially Evan Peters mm-hmm. and his accent and just his affect. Yeah, he looks it's like exactly just watch like documentary. Like him. And
1: like the scenes that they set up are so upsetting. Like the the one clip that I saw was the scene that I that I know that I you know that everybody knows about where they have you know, the, he's like hit this guy on the head and he's escaped from his apartment and the cops come and these two women are like, Walking he's bleeding back. from his head and he mm-hmm. just uses the fact that he's gay to make the cops so uncomfortable that they allow him to go back into the apartment. I mean, just like, it is so upsetting and it literally happened. And it's like, do we need to see this played out on film? Like, do the does this victim's family need to watch their loved one like be murdered as entered? I just like... I don't know. Like it's very, it's very conflicting. And I mean, like I obviously love true crime, and like you know, was making nipple belt jokes about Ed Gein last week. So like, who, who am I? It's
0: been a hundred years. But this time is fast.
1: At the same time, I, I just, I, I wouldn't want to watch that either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, and it very much reminded me of the Ted Bundy thing they did with Zac Efron. Oh God, yeah! It's like they're putting hot guys as serial killers, right? And, and like, yes, yeah, like Evan Peters already fetishized. Objectively,
1: looks like Jeffrey Dahmer, but he, Evan Peters is also like a certified hottie, and everybody knows that. Like, yeah, you—they knew what they were doing with this, and it's, yeah,
0: ugh, I know. And so I did watch it. But you're right, it, one, it was nothing we haven't heard, and two, I, you don't, you don't want to see that, and you don't want the victim's families to see that, and. No. Yes, it was well shot and all that, but it's, yeah, it was tough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it was a very uplifting watch. Like, did you feel, how did you feel at the end of watching it?
0: (laughs) I was pissed because his neighbor made some, she called the police like every day being like, I'm hearing screaming. I'm hearing fighting. There's a smell. And because it was a essentially a project, it was a, a low income black building. And he did that on purpose. Yeah. You know And his victims
1: were mainly men of colour because like who were gay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so literally in the the Milwaukee police's lowest priority. And trash. So the fact that she called so many times and it could have ended so much sooner than it did, that made me so mad. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. So Big black Big on black. Dahmer. Big black on Dahmer. Yeah, but um, yeah, kind of a bummer then. But we're going to our first haunted house of the season this weekend,
1: baby. I'm excited. I know. I'm ready. I'm very ready. Yes,
0: and I'm going out on a Saturday without my kid.
1: Hell yeah! I you haven't are. done
0: that in a while. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Driving to Joliet. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys follow us at Google Gang Podcast on Instagram, Google Gang Pod 666 on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at Grace's Gold and same on Twitter, and Caroline at Coraline Maria on Instagram, and Coraline X Maria on Twitter. We also just put up a Facebook page because Mark Zuckerberg makes it very hard for you to do anything on Instagram without. Facebook page so if you'd want to like that that's cool but we're going to be posting pretty much the same stuff and um, also there was another thing that I'm forgetting oh leave us a five star review yeah subscribe new ones
1: yeah leave us another and we'll read it on the pod and also we got a listener story but I'm going to save it for another episode yeah um, yeah. but just know listeners that we are receiving some stories so if you are interested in if you have some fun ghostly events that you want to let us know about if you have some alien stories if you have some serial yes. killer
0: stories anything or and your everything boyfriend husband wife partner has stories
1: we want to let hear them
0: yeah yeah we want to hear those too
1: you can but send us. But we want to get
0: enough where we can do a whole episode.
1: Yeah, and you can either send us a DM or an email, or if you want, you can send us a voice note on Instagram. Um, and I think that Ooh. should work. I don't know, although they might disappear.
0: If I think you they disappear, you can
1: put together a voice note, like record it on your phone, and then email it to us at GoogleGangPodcast at gmail and we can play it on the pod, like in That's your a great own idea. voice. Um, which I would love. So, if you are so inclined, please, please feel free. We'd love to hear it from you.
0: All right, love you. Bye. Hey, okay, creep it real. Bye. So y'all don't do no drugs. No, no, no. We don't do
1: no drugs. No drugs. No, 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 no. No, no, no.
0: Come on, man. You don't do no drugs. I'm so, 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 so high. Come on. Yeah, I'm so, 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 so high yeah. <laughs> one time I'm so, 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 they so high They call the Mr. Hustler See me around the way every day The smoke juggler, the coke bubbler You know, I get you high if you give me your dough I'm only trying to get you to put your nose Three feet deep in the snow Get a whiff of this Real good green weed without any seeds Get a sniff of this Vitamin C, O-K-E Take a puff of this So Come on. What about smoke? I got it. Coke? I got what it. What about hex? I got it. it. What about dope? I got it. Whitney's chillin', Bobby's chillin'. Let's get
1: high cause we love the feelin'. If you take my advice, you will try one. We got red ones, green ones, blue ones, white ones. Take my advice, you will try one. And if you take my advice and try, you might like it. But don't you think it should be it?